favorite candle. It's from Yankee Candle. It's called Movie Night Cocoa. And it smells so good. And I have a rule for myself because I like to make rules for myself. And my rule is I can only light the candle while I'm watching a movie. And so it's like my special movie time candle. And it smells like hot cocoa, if you can believe it. Because I bought four big candles from Yankee Candle because it's like, but no, did I buy four? Yeah, I bought four because it's buy two, get two free or it was. I had a coupon because I previously spent $70 on candles like a couple months ago. And they're like, you want to spend more money on candles? And I was like, I'll never need candles again. And then they sent me a catalog and I was like, I need all these candles. <laughs> and that's my candle corner. Thanks for listening. This was, I think we should have a candle corner every time. <laughs> I have Yankee Candle Magical Frosted Forest burning right now. It smells like like pine trees. It's a Christmas scent. It's like, it's, it's tree scented and I love it. Uh, and I have Janzy Wax Co. in Neige, um, which is honeysuckle and white tea. Thanks for listening to Village of the Damned. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> oh, there they go. <laughs> Welcome to the Fright of Your Life podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Riley. And we're here to walk you through the 100 scariest movie moments of all time as determined by the Bravo TV network in the year 2004. And this week, the movie that Bravo TV deemed to contain the 92nd scariest (laughs) movie moment of all time is Village of the Damned from the year 1960, directed by Wolf Rilla, I believe it's pronounced. What a good name. Based on the book, The Midwitch Cuckoos by John Wyndham. Uh, The funny thing about me is I was really prepped for the John Carpenter one and I was oh, up at like yeah. 6 30 in the morning to watch this movie and I was like let's go and I got it all queued up and I was like wait a minute let's double check and I am a dumbass because it's not no. the John Carpenter one it's it's this one whoops right my family was talking about <laughs> horror movies and I was like well I have a podcast and I was like oh we're watching Village of the Damned and my mom was like oh my god um she was right she was right. She was like, that movie scared me so bad. I'm like, never going to be okay again. But it was, and I was like, Kirstie Alley is in this? Fuck her. Because she sucks, doesn't oh, she? Oh, she does suck. But anyway, my mom was like, oh no, the remake. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then it was like, guess what? I am like very much wanting to watch the remake now though, because I really liked this movie. Um, no, I'm I'm really curious because this was great. I loved it. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see what John Carpenter did with it. It's just good. I just it's liked just a good it. And- this is good. I feel like even like, like, I don't even want to make fun of this as much. Like, I, I don't know. Every time we watch movies, like, I love Child's Play, but I was like, I'm going to fucking poke so much fun at this movie. Yeah. I don't really have jokes. I just have like, and this was cool. And I like yeah, this. I, so I have like one joke, I think. So I hope this is entertaining. <laughs> it's just the worst episode. No, it's going to be good. I'm excited. So we begin um, on just an incredibly idyllic little town. Um which I was very like, I don't know what I expected, but I guess I'm kind of used to like, I feel like a lot of horror movies like recently, you're either thrown like right in or it's like immediately like, hey, guess the fuck what? This is about mm-hmm. to be really spooky. Like, I don't know. Like it starts with like one of the most upsetting moments yeah. in the entire story. <laughs> yeah. It's usually either like you get thrown right in or like there's a really big sense of unease. But this was like just, this was very like unbridled dancing through the meadow like it was it was just like very idyllic and like not like ooh, but secretly it's creepy it was just like hey this is great 
Yeah, it was just pleasant. It was just it pleasant was just and serene. And there was like nice music playing. And it was yeah. just like a British countryside. And you're like, wow, this looks exactly. nice. And there was like a sheepdog herding sheep. And I was like, oh, those sheep are going to get their shit wrecked. Actually, no, <laughs> they were fine. They yeah. didn't come back again. Good but I was like them. looking. I was looking for things to happen. Right. Um, and to be fair, I did not have to wait that long. <laughs> right. Because we go inside to meet our main, main character. His name's Gordon. Um, and he is on the phone with his brother-in-law, Alan. And Gordon very suddenly collapses. And you're like, oh, Oh shit! Yeah, exactly. It's like do 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 do. Yeah, and then we cut outside, and there's a man on like a big piece of farm equipment. And he's just slumped over, unconscious, going yeah, in circles. Yeah. And this, like, immediately was when I was like, "Oh, this movie's so cool!" Yeah, and it keeps like building. Well, and again, so I, I, um, every week now I'm like, "Hey, Chris, do you want to watch a movie?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure." Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah, it's fun. It's you know we see Gordon just falls over and so I wrote oh my god <laughs> right um because I'm I'm acting like oh it's like really like it's idyllic for such a long time and like you don't get dropped right into it like you do it's like 15 seconds of nice it's yes it's just very disarming because it's a really abrupt change in time yeah, I think is it's what it so is cool and I was like oh no like this guy's dead and then it's like oh no that guy on the tractor's dead and i was like yeah. death farm oh no death neighborhood and then i was like oh yeah this is a movie called village of the damned <laughs> this village is damned <laughs> but it's just like a bunch of really great detail work yes as, like it's revealed that everyone in the town is out like a light like there's water overflowing in the sink. Yes, and the iron on the dress. Yes, and there's a gramophone just skipping over and over, and it's so eerie. I just, I kind, I really love this movie. I think, I think I love it so much. But yeah, no, it's all the cool. It's all the cool. Hey, everybody just died suddenly. Yeah, and then title card. Like that's the whole yeah, cold yeah. open. It's perfect. It's so good. The water. Oh my god. It's great. Because it's subtle, but it's also like, hey. Like, fucking guess what just happened, you know? Nothing good. Um, it's very, um, like, Sleeping good. Beauty when the whole town falls asleep. Yeah. Just the title the title cards kind of, like, it's, like, zooming in on the clock. And this winds up being kind of important. You're so right and you're so smart and beautiful. I'm going to kiss you on the face. That's so oh smart. Oh, my God. Stop. The, um, the clock strikes 11 o'clock, like, in the afternoon. And the credits kind of, like, zoom in on the 11 o'clock time. Uh-huh. <laughs> God damn it. On like the church clock tower. Yeah. It zooms in on the clock. Um, and it's frozen at 11 and the titles go. And I was like, is 11 o'clock important? <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, not like excessively so, but kind of. The um, clocks are sure important. Yes. There's a very important clock. There is such an important clock. <laughs> um, it's just cool and good. We stand yes. Wolf Rilla in this Yes, pod. Wolf Rilla go off while she's like a terrible person. Oh yeah, I know. I should have looked him up. No, it's fine. We're gonna live in our we'll live in our bubble for now. If we find out he's terrible, we'll let you all know. Oh he's Oh no no no, this is great. This is great. I was like, what if he turns out to be a neo Nazi? And then I was like, wait, but this movie gave me kind of like Nazis are bad vibes. Yeah. Um, I might be reaching there a little bit. But he was born in Berlin and he's Jewish or he was Jewish, he died in two thousand five. Um and so like when when Hitler came to power, um, his father, I think, moved the family to England. Oh, so they wouldn't get like fucking nice, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. Um. Anyway, not so a Nazi. probably not a Nazi. <laughs> we yeah. gathered. Right. The evil kids are like blonde hair, light eyes. 
that's very true and it felt very much like hey guess what fuck you actually yeah i don't know very um what's the word Aryan? yes no exactly i don't know i just thought that was interesting i don't know no, if there was really totally as is. much to that as i'm putting on it but i just thought it was cool so after we get the title card we go back to alan who is like a major in the military or something i'm really stupid about army or no, military please. jobs i don't really know what anyone is but i think he's a major i think he's in the army <laughs> and so he goes to his military boss who is the mm-hmm. commander i think and he's like, hey, no one in this village is answering their phones. That's pretty weird. May I go check it out? And so check it out, he does. So he meets up on the outskirts of this village with a bicycle riding police officer who's there because the bus hasn't turned up. So this bicycle cop needs to check it out. And I, I could be wrong, but it seems that his name is Gobby. I think either his name is Gobby or is Gobby like slang for a police officer oh, is that maybe. like british slang well because bobbies are police officers i'm thinking so maybe gobby no maybe no, no, no but maybe like a... a bicycle police officer i fucking hope i don't know all right <laughs> two definitions for gobby one seems to be uk based maybe talking too much or saying things that should not be said Aww. they didn't like him they thought he was opinionated and gobby australia and new zealand slang an act of fellatio <gasps> but there's this there's this lovely little exchange um where gobby i'm gonna call him gobby explains that the bus is not where it's supposed to be and alan says here's your bus gobby and gobby goes it's truth (laughs) (laughs) well because it's funny because they're like where's the bus and then like they pedal five (laughs) feet closer and they're like oh it's in that ditch and i'm like why couldn't you see it a second ago it's so funny but the bus is um, crashed into a ditch yes and so gobby pedals closer to it and just immediately collapses on the ground yes and alan um i think gets into his car alan's still in his car and like he does oh, the smart and right, right thing but right. it looks so funny because he I, just like pulls a yui and drives away yes he said <laughs> fuck that noise which like he's right that's what he should yes do. exactly but or there'd be so no funny. movie this man just collapses and he's like peace <laughs> yeah no exactly that's exactly it it just looks hilarious oh and then this was interesting i mean i'm drawing parallels between this and like stuff that happened so far in the future but um alan gets to his commander's office again and is like okay <laughs> here's the thing <laughs> listen it got weirder um and the uh the commander was like well make sure nobody hears about this like don't let it get in the newspapers people are gonna panic and i was like (gasps) and like i guess that was kind of i think part of where like the vietnam war situation where it was so publicly covered i think i feel really insecure saying this because i don't know if this is based in any sort of truth but i think people were sort of distressed by like the lack of knowledge about what was going on Mm -hmm. in world war ii i Um, can imagine that I don't know if I'm right, frankly, at all. Even so, it hits in kind of an interesting way today just because of the idea of, like, I don't know. I feel like publicity in terms of, like, global, well, shit, in the terms of global trouble, like a pandemic, perhaps. Yes. Um, the idea of, like, what's being broadcast and what isn't, and I don't know. I just thought it was no, interesting. The thing that that made me think of was I was like, oh, this commander is going mayor from Jaws which Jaws has recently been used as an allegory for how America handled much of the COVID pandemic of like, we don't want them to panic. So don't tell them what's going on. 
Holy and it's just shit, funny dude. how life is a circle like that. <sighs> yeah. Time and is a funnily enough, circle. I have a whole tangent. I have like a paragraph written out later in the movie ah! that's related to this. So I'm going to save it for when I get to it because I can't I do that. it off the cuff. But <laughs> I yeah. have something no, to say about that's that. that's so cool. Holy shit. Oh, okay. But basically the commander is like, all right, there's a situation. And Alan's like, I'm, I want to go look into this. I think that's pretty much. Yeah. So the military arrives and they tape off the perimeter. It's really cool. They use like a canary. I mean, I guess it's not cool because it's animal abuse, but yeah. it is a cool canary though. to determine where the perimeter starts and ends yeah, yeah. by like holding out the cage on a stick. And when the canary passes out, they're like, whoop, okay, don't go there. And they tape it off like that. Yes. And actually exactly where the canary passes out, Elena from Cat People. Fuck, they're not going to get that because uh, the Cat People I also episode is a Cat People out. reference and they're God not going to get it. it. Ah, fuck. Well, anyway, in Cat People, a lady scares a bird so bad it dies. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway, they test the perimeter with a canary, um, which is very cool and reminds us of a movie that you guys haven't heard us review because it's cursed um, and it keeps getting deleted. So weird. But also when they bring the canary back away from over the perimeter, it comes back to life or it wakes up. I think they were dead. That's not really ever addressed. Oh, I like that. That's interesting. I just, it just feels to me like they were dead, um, which I'll, I'll get into, I guess. Hell comes, yeah. But, um, so after the canary test, one man wearing a gas mask goes across the perimeter and even he collapses as soon as he crosses yeah. the line, which I really like because it feels like right away, you know, like this is like supernatural or something like this is yes. not normal. Yes, exactly. And that was the other thing. I just kept thinking about World War II. And, like, this movie came out in 1960, but, like, come on. Um, and just the idea of, like, the gas masks. And, like, I mean, I realized that was, I guess, more World War I with the mustard gas. And I don't know. I just, I thought there were, it was just interesting to me. Um, and it was, like, the idea of this thing that is really unknown. Like, we've just faced this horrible, horrible thing of, like, this, like, white supremacy and scary, crazy, evil people. And, you know, I don't know. And, and like, the gas masks and just all this crazy stuff. And then it's, like, guess what? It's nothing like anything we've actually ever faced before. Yeah. Um, which I thought was cool. Oh, and then there's another thing which is really interesting. They test, like, the ceiling of yes. the, like... I I called it the curse, which is not really accurate, I, it, I don't like, think. I called it, like, a spell one time, so... Yeah, right? You don't know how to refer to, like, it right. as a thing. Like, the happening. <laughs> the happening! Um, but there's so uh, there's a, a, a pilot, and he's flying pretty pretty high above and he's all right and i was like oh god that plane's gonna fucking come down the second he crosses over the line that like i'm trying to find a way to describe like it made me really scared i guess the word is scared but like as soon as you see that plane you're like oh fuck that plane is going to crash like as soon as you see it it's so scary yes and i thought it was a passenger airplane so i was like oh god oh god oh god like they don't know but thankfully question mark it's um it's just a pilot in like a biplane right so this pilot is flying over the village and in my head he's gonna crash the second he he kind of flies over wherever Mm -hmm. the line is like on the ground i thought that too but he he stays up for quite a while and alan is kind of on the radio with him like saying like okay drop down little by little because it sort of starts to seem like people are just passing out right um especially because like the bird comes back and everything um but he's like, start to go down. And the second you don't feel well, the second like, anything feels like it changes, pull up really fast. And the guy's like, all right. <laughs> so he's he flies and he's he's doing well, but then he starts to dip down. It's like and... the moment he gets below 5,000 feet, 
yes altitude i believe they say the moment he dips below five thousand feet you see his like eyes start to roll back and then he's just like out and that yes. plane crashes and it's explodes. yeah and it's like you know, there's like, it's practical effects. Like, I think it has to be. I don't know. I was just very alarmed by like the black smoke cloud. Yeah, but like, it's like that's what happens explosion. when you set a fucking fire. Yeah. Like that had to be real fire. Well, and then immediately after that, they see what I think is like a real passenger plane. Yes. Like about to fly over. They're oh like, oh my holy God. shit. We got to tell them to stop. Yeah. And so the guy, <laughs> there's like a guy calling uh, like air control or mm-hmm. whatever. And he's calling those people and he's saying, Midwich to base, emergency, Midwich to base, emergency. And it made me I laugh didn't even so notice hard. that. That's so funny. Oh my God. And like, he's like, of course, because like this is his job, he's like very calm and not like freaking out, but he's just like, emergency, Midwich <laughs> to base, emergency. That's really funny. But they kind of, uh, they divert the passenger plane. But, and then we at some point were shown a cow like passed out in a field yeah. and then the cow just like gets up and i was like oh the cow's I was, back I was like, what <laughs> yeah no because it's like it's a very brief thing i didn't even know it was a cow because i was looking away at something i think i was writing something down and i was like oh something and it looked like something that was alive once and no longer yeah or passed out or whatever the hell um but you see the cow come back and then everyone starts to come back and like yeah. the women in like the general store realize the water's running and turn it off and this woman realizes she's left the iron on her dress and they fix the record player and it's it's just very cool and so everyone's like up and at them and fine and dandy once again right. and that's great but also very very confusing yeah so um the military comes into the village and is conducting like a lot of tests which i was just very excited about like that they were cool. doing that it just felt very clever it was sort of like like they were testing for radiation and like yeah like it's nothing physical it's nothing biological it's nothing psychological like we don't know what the fuck this is exactly and they're like well if it's a gas it's odorless and invisible and like like able to permeate any like surface and it's just very cool i don't know i guess i feel like we don't a lot of times see a ton of logic applied yeah right i feel like in horror movies which is fair like these are smart characters and that's always exciting yes absolutely and like i don't know fear makes you react in like a lot of gut reaction Mm -hmm. ways so that makes sense but it was just cool and again like the idea of like checking for radiation like felt very much like hey this is like pretty recently after world war ii i think that's like why it's important that these guys are military guys because i think like people in the military have a different response to fear than like your average everyday yeah shit person this is also irrelevant but i made a note of it because i was noticing especially in these scenes i was noticing a lot of either split diopter or deep focus shots ah. i know we had mentioned this on the birds podcast and this made oh, me look yes. up the difference between the two because i was like which one is it yeah um, thank you so i just wanted to share that the short and sweet of it is a split diopter shot basically simulates a deep focus shot like it's kind of like a workaround to make it easier oh. and faster which is why i think we see that a lot more today because it's a newer practice and like citizen kane and the birds like what we see here like that's true deep focus which is why it looks so cool and you don't that's have like really the blurriness cool. in the middle so that's i just wanted so to share that so two months of this go by and it's yes. still a mystery still nobody knows what's happening i also thought it was really interesting there's a woman who's like i want compensation for my dress that got ruined she's like they did this oh yeah like, like she thinks it's like a government conspiracy or something yeah I don't know yeah what she like thinks. 
it's just interesting. People are sort of trying to figure out where to lay blame and they're like talking about mm-hmm. the phones. It's just, it's fascinating. But, um, and then somebody suggests like exposure to like x-rays or gamma radiation. Um, but eventually indeed two months do go by and Gordon is alive and well again. Um, As is his like no shade, but his very no. young wife. Yeah. Anthea, I believe. Is that her name? Yeah. Anthea. Anthea. Anthea, Anthea. Something, something like that. And like, you might and be like right. not even in a judgmental way. I just like didn't realize she was his wife for a while because of no, their age yeah. difference. Like I assumed she was like his assistant or something. <laughs> that was I was surprised because most relationships that have any romantic context in these movies, I have been very hard on. Um, yeah, I love these two. Yeah, I thought they were very sweet. I yeah, really I just legitimately they, like, didn't understand that they were a couple. <laughs> no, you don't. It doesn't read that way at all. But she is, in fact, his wife. And she comes home from buying a bunch of pickles. She does. <laughs> And she tells him she's pregnant. And then his reaction to her being pregnant is like really funny and sweet. Like he's yeah. like, uh, you want a drink? No, that's not appropriate. He's like, yeah, uh, yeah, sit yeah. down. Uh, you want to put your feet up? And he's just like spinning around and like so and he's flustered. like holding a chair and he's freaking out. But it's very sweet. It's not like, I don't know. I, I was like, not what I was expecting. And he's yeah. like, he says something very sweet, which I should have written down. He's, he's like, I'm like, you've given me like such a blessing and I'm old enough to know the difference or something. Yeah. He's just like really happy and excited because it's very unexpected also. I think they, right. Like, cause he's old. Yeah. And she says something like he's, cause when she gets home, he's looking at his plants cause he realizes something about the plants that like they should, they should be growing differently, but be- yeah. because the whole town had this getting cut off situation. I really do. I think because the whole town fucking died. <laughs> um, that's another thing because when he comes back, he says his hands are numb. Mm. So I'm like, their body is stopped. It's so like the blood flow is not back to his hands right. yet. I don't know. They never address it and it's not that important. I was just, I was being Mr. Scientist lady. No, that's, <laughs> that definitely could be it. Um, but anyway, Mrs. Zellaby, which is a crazy name. <laughs> um, their last name is Zellaby. Hello. Anthea Zellaby. Like, holy shit. <laughs> I thought they were talking about plants. Like, I didn't realize no. they were saying their name. And then that's because well, she does this little thing where she's like, we've successfully crossed an Anthium Zellabius with a Gordonis Zellabius or something. I was like, huh? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like a very cute botany pun, but you're like, whoa, 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 what? Yeah. <laughs> And at this point, it just seems like a real life, normal pregnancy. Like what with her? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, but it seems like someone who wouldn't be pregnant wrote this because they're like pregnant lady pickles. And it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, she's like, I want pickles and cheese and anchovies. And it's yeah. like, all right. Like I always want pickles and cheese. So pregnant. Jot that down. Wolfrilla. <laughs> anyway, they go to the town doctor and he's like, yeah, you sure boy, howdy are pregnant. But. Like, there's some other stuff going on. Yeah, there's a series. We get a series of more pregnant women. And yes. there's, like, one situation that seems to be, like, an immaculate conception. Yes, yes. This young girl who's never had sex and is, like, mortified by this whole ordeal. Yeah. That's the thing, because it's almost like a match shot. I don't think it is. But there's this, like, very abrupt and interesting transition of, like, you're pregnant. Oh, my God, it's a miracle. Not, like, a miracle. But, like, oh, my God, it's very exciting to you're pregnant. And she's, like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God, what's happening? I'm so yeah. scared. Yeah. Um, and then we have this really interesting scene. It's where, like it's funny, but it's not funny. No, but, like, it's it like, made me laugh, but it's not it, funny. It's like when you don't know what's happening, it's kind of like, huh? <laughs> and then when you find out the context, you're like, oh fucking Christ! Yeah, it's like funny, but then becomes awful. Yeah, 
there's this dinner happening. There's a married couple and the man looks pissed. And then it's revealed through the dialogue. Like, well, you've been gone a whole year. Shouldn't you be happy? And it's like a really excellent comedic beat of like, oh, he's been gone a year. Oh, his wife is pregnant. Oh, <laughs> which like isn't funny. But like the way it's delivered is really funny. No, you're right. Um, it's wild. I also didn't even realize she was pregnant. So I had no idea what was happening until much later. But I'm sure that was just me not paying close enough attention. But then it becomes, it becomes really not funny because we learn that she attempted suicide because of this. Yeah, it's crazy. I think this is a, at this point, Gordon, I think, and Alan and the doctor have all gathered with the vicar and they're like, you need to tell us right now what these women have been telling you in confession. And he's like, I can't do that. And they're like, you have to, like, we don't know what's happening. And the guy's eventually like, okay, like, well... I believe them and none of them, like none of them have confessed any infidelity or any like premarital sex or anything. And be, the idea is that Millie has no, like there's no father, her baby. Cause there is none. Um, and so basically he's like, yeah, no, like they didn't like, they're not lying. Like they, I don't know how the fuck this happened. They just don't know how this happened. And like taking a step back, this is like super upsetting and traumatizing. Like, oh no, yeah. I feel like this, isn't the primary source of the horror in this movie like that comes later but just the thought of suddenly being pregnant and not knowing how it happened is horrifying but there is this moment of like are these women like crazy or like did something fucking terrifying just happen i was like demon baby mamas demon baby mamas all the women in the village of childbearing age are now pregnant which is i believe 12 of them i think there's 12 there's 12 yeah yeah and then we get a time jump again because the women are showing a lot. Like they're very yeah. pregnant. Yeah. Um, but we also learn that the fetuses are developing abnormally fast. Like they're all five months along, but they're showing at seven months along. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. It's so cool. Um, but also Gordon finds out that these are like speed run babies basically. Yeah. And he doesn't tell his wife. He's like, no, no, the baby's perfectly healthy. Right. Because even his wife, like she not knowing any of this, she's like, this baby is not normal. Yeah. Like, there is a monster inside of me. This isn't right. Like she knows. And he's like, no, exactly. Oh, it's a perfect, beautiful, bouncing boy. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, the embryos are perfect. They're too developed for where we are currently, but don't worry about it. Um, and she's like, no, demon inside of me. And she's yeah. right. Rosemary's baby. <laughs> Roman Polanski, get your own idea. Yeah, fuck you, Roman Polanski. Was it a book first? I think Did so. Did I just sound dumb? Well, no. still. Fuck Roman Polanski. He's a piece of shit and he should die. Did he die yet? I think he's dead. If he, no, I think he's alive. No, he's I'm alive. I'm going to kill he's him. Like, <laughs> I, me too. And you can keep that in. <laughs> On the record. If Roman Polanski dies of suspicious circumstances, I did it. <laughs> this is my confession. <laughs> um, Anthea, Anthea, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Half of my notes, or like ninety percent of my notes, are just like Gordon's wife because I didn't know yeah. her name. I just kept calling her Mrs. Zellaby. Like, um, yeah, exactly. But she's she's understandably distressed, as uh, I think we all would be, right, <laughs> to be suddenly pregnant with a demon. Um, Am I gregnant? Is my girlfriend gregnant? <laughs> I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> oh, time to cut out the, the cancer. cancer. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but it's so funny. I mean, it's really not funny. It's actually kind of. It's a little. It's a little uh, not harrowing. That's a little strong. But it's it's pretty grim. 
but we see all the men in the village like gathering at the bar to drink and i was like you know what valid everyone in the village is so depressed they're like, all just like silently flipping out they're all like catatonic at this bar like s- the bartenders probably also got a pregnant wife like he doesn't look like he's doing so hot there's just something like a little funny about it, it no because um, it's like it's like a very abrupt cut to just all the men drinking at the <laughs> going bar to get a drink. like out of their minds and like it's just i'm just imagining the director being like and i don't know but like just like like these men in the 60s before contraception was like popular or like really super well regulated or healthy and i just i think there's just something kind of funny about like men having unexpected babies being like oh boy <laughs> like oh geez well and then one guy there says <gasps> yeah he says i hope none of them lives yeah, holy yeah. shit yeah holy shit oh like and i understand because these men, like, I think the women, because, like, something strange is happening to their body. And, like, I'm sure some of them were probably having regular sex with their husbands. But, like, some of them were clearly not expecting to be pregnant. Some of them yeah. were very shocked and upset. Um, and it, But it's a very real thing happening in their body, like, changing their bodies, right? But the men are just sort of, like, I bet they cheated. Or, like, right. or maybe they do buy into the demon baby thing. And they're and also they're upset about that, right? <laughs> yeah. Which is understandable. But that's a little strong, my friend. It is. Like. And, like, yeah, they're demon babies, but like, there's still something about, like, just some man being like, I hope all those babies die. That's, like... Oh, it's ter- It's, yeah. Wild to hear. It's a lot. Also, they're so cute. <laughs> oh, um, we'll get there. <laughs> I love these fucking kids. Oh, me too. I was like, I'm rooting for them. I know. Let's fucking go. But anyway, so all the women start giving birth on the same day. Yes. And Gordon gives us classic old-timey man waiting out in the hallway while his wife gives birth to a 10 and a half pound baby is she okay <laughs> i am terrified yeah he's like oh they're unusually heavy 10 um, and a half pounds out her badge yeah. holy shit <laughs> i want to throw up anyway and like none of the moms seem to die in childbirth like not to be no like but he also, goes in like, to see his like perfect wife fresh and clean in right. bed and i'm like yeah Ugh. welcome to 1960 <laughs> well also though there's like midwives and i'm like are these like 15 year old girls what's happening hey um, yeah who's not but, giving birth right now <laughs> right exactly i think well, chris was like it's probably just a plot hole you know and i was like no 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 they outsource them from other neighborhoods to come probably, in probably probably but i'd like to think that that's what I i'm believe deciding that. maybe like military nurses yeah that's probably it oh i love we that fixed it. fuck yeah yeah we did you're welcome wolfarella as if he's the only one who wrote the screenplay of four authors anyway go ahead sorry <laughs> now all of a sudden what's her name anthea? anthea yeah now all of a sudden anthea loves this baby she's like yeah. i'm just being silly he's perfect but yeah. the dog however is like fuck that no baby way. <laughs> the dog said fuck them kids the dog is just like <laughs> yeah i love that and it's so funny because i was like why are they making such a big deal out of this dog he's very cute i was like very happy to see him i was like is he gonna um, die but he just had to growl at the baby <laughs> yeah exactly and then he never really shows up again it's perfect but it's so funny too because um gordon's like oh stop it like quiet down calm down and then the dog goes and like hides behind a bookcase yeah, or like he, a like, shelf he says something like very formal to his dog he's like, be quiet and lie down over there and the dog's yeah, like oh yeah, you're yeah. like as if that's the dog's command like <laughs> right exactly that's not how you talk to it's dogs. something so specific he's like stop growling at the baby you silly oaf and the dog's like ah of course i must lie down <laughs> yeah but it's so cute i don't know i was like oh he hides yeah i don't know um but then gordon goes over to look at his baby 
And he looks kind of horrified, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because they're like, they have very unusual eyes, but then all the kids just have brown eyes. <laughs> until. Um, <laughs> until. Exactly. Oh, it's also so interesting because then they, I, I think some time has passed at this point. David's like a year old. The baby is named David, by the way. <laughs> David. So Gordon has uh, somebody over. I think it's just like a, oh, it's the doctor maybe. Yeah. He makes the doctor look at his baby's hair. But it, and it's like shaped funny. He's like, get a load of this. I'm He's like, like this hair shaped like a about? fucking D, you guys. <laughs> D for <Ow>. David. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's kind of a weirdly specific detail, but it does help to establish like, hey, these babies ain't normal. Yeah, because all um, the babies have weird hair and mm-hmm. weird eyes and weird nails and they grow yeah. fast. Yes. It was so funny. Like the nails, I couldn't, like, I was trying to imagine the shape of the nails. Like they didn't cover enough of the finger. And I was like, are the nails skinny, like yep. vertically or like short horizontally? Like, it was I just weird. Just like narrow nails, like, like claws. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was odd, but um, we don't get to see that. So, but it's been four months and the babies are developed to like 18 months. So they're like a year and a half at this point, but it's only been four months. So they're growing very, very fast. Gordon's wife, Anthea dunks her arm in boiling water for some reason, right? Yeah, I so I was like trying to puzzle this out because it's very odd. It's weird. But basically, oh yeah, because they're looking at the follicles and then you hear a scream and I'm like, oh ho, ho, boy. Um, and they run upstairs and Anthea's in like the nursery with the baby. And uh his bottle's like on the floor and it's open and it's like spilled over. Yeah. And um and she's She's like freaking out and she's like running at the pot of boiling water and dunking her hand in it. Yeah. She like sticks her hand in and there's like another woman there, like a nursemaid or midwife or somebody who's like, who's like restraining her and she's freaking out. And like, I, I've come to a conclusion about what I think is happening, but I'm going to hold it for a second. She like scalds herself and she's freaking out. And, um, and the baby is just staring the baby's so pissed but she's running at the boiling water and gordon comes and he slaps her because she won't stop trying to do it again he like slaps her like kind of really lightly though yeah it's kind of funny it's very timid yeah like i also wouldn't want to slap my wife i get it (laughs) it it's just funny but she's like his his she's like and they're like what happened and she's like uh like his milk was too hot and he spat it out so I put my hand in boiling um, yeah. water. And he's like, calm down. Like, there's no need to do that. But I think the implication is that baby David said, fuck you. Go burn your hand. You yeah. just burn my mouth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, which we will see in action again very shortly. <laughs> so basically, David, the baby, is super smart and can solve this puzzle box like really yes. quickly. It's so great. And now that David knows how to solve the puzzle box, all of the kids can solve the puzzle box because if one of them learns how to do something, they all learn how to do it because they have this hive mind thing going on between all of them. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited about that. Also, it's just funny because the intro to that scene is David spelling his name in blocks and then he just looks up at Gordon and Gordon looks like freaked out. (laughs) He's like, like, he spelled his name. I think that's kind of normal, actually. Like, I don't don't know know about child development. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know how old he's supposed to be. I guess he's supposed to be a little bit of. He's supposed to be one because. Yeah, all right. That's Gordon's too young. Like, Remember, he's only one year old. That's right. You're right. It's just funny. I don't know. Like my pre-Kers know what their name looks like, you know, like. Yeah. My three-year-olds are like, that's my fucking name. And I'm like, good job. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it was, it made me laugh. He was like, oh, David. 
but there's also so many shots of like tiny tiny little hands opening up this box and i like to think that they trained a bunch of six-year-olds to open these boxes up because they're also a little clumsy with it right i keep saying six-year-olds there's just no way they hired real one-year-old children to do this that's i'm like where did they find these kids yeah (laughs) where did they find all these freaky kids it's so crazy it's it's just fantastic one of the baby's brothers steals the puzzle box from him and then all of the baby's eyes go glowy and white and crazy and i hate looking at it actually it's amazing um and like it's 1960 and the special effects are pretty good like you can see where like the but like okay because the heads of the kids are always frozen so there are sometimes shots when the kids all at once get the glowy eyes and it's just a it's it's just just a still image still frame which is a little funny but in this one the there's like a mother holding the baby and you see her head moving it was really cool they did a good job it's great i hate it (laughs) exactly there was like i saw an imdb review that was like 10 out of 10 because it's good for what it is and i'm like i feel like that's a little bit of a low blow like this is i think it's just good yeah, like, it's good for the time, but, like, it's just good. I don't it's know. good now. I watched it yesterday. Exactly. It was good exactly. then. It was freaky, and I liked it. Um, but we we learn that when their eyes do that little, white glowy thing, they can pretty much compel people to do things. And it's really interesting. People, right. like, freeze, and, like, the little boy turns and, like, hands the box back, and they're all like, oh, no. Like, Thanks, bestie. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, takes the chocolate out and he's like, mm-hmm. excellent. And this is at this point, I was like, okay, but these kids are really cute. I had that same thought pretty much right after this because we get another time jump that I think is like three years or so. Yeah. And now they're all big blonde freaks looking like yeah, the yeah. Von Trapp family children. Exactly. And also, like, they'd kill me, but they look so cool. No, that's, I think that's when I wrote it down, actually. They look so cool. They all have, like, matching outfits. Yeah, they and have little like, matching outfits. Like, it's in so squad, cute. They're moving in herds. They do yeah. move in herds. <laughs> Fuck. It's, it's also funny because they're, like, all very clearly wearing, like, the exact same blonde wig, but it's so cute. <laughs> like, they're just adorable. I love them. And they can read minds now. Yeah, they can. I mean, perhaps they always could, but now, like... They can really They're better at it, yeah. And, okay, so, like, so far, it seems like they're nice. That's the thing. They're polite. I'm like, yeah, they're using mind control, but they're babies. Like, what the fuck? They're weird and formal, but, like, they don't seem evil. Like, they're in this store, and the shopkeeper is, like, really nervous around them, and they read her mind, and I believe David is like, oh, we make you uncomfortable. Um, someone else will come pick up our stuff from now on. I'm like, that's very considerate of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not evil. It's, it, yeah, because they're like, oh my God, like, and it's like the kids have a very, she's like, you have a very strict routine. And I'm like, that's good. Like, I don't yeah, know. Lots the of mom's like, do. where's my son? And the kid's like, oh, it's his day to study. He's at home studying. I think it's yeah. David. You're right. Um, also at one point they get bullied for being different because that's what yeah. happens. Um, and one of the girls like stops and her eyes glow white. And then David goes, no, Nancy, leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they're, they seem, and she does. they seem like, nice. I don't know. I yeah, think I love they, the demon kids and I really want them to like me because part of me was like, oh, they're Aryan. They're a metaphor for like homogenous society and like group think and blah, blah, blah. But then I was also like, they're freaks. They're different. I love them. You also, know, that would be a great group Halloween costume. <gasps> you just get like black oh coats and platinum blonde wigs. And yeah, like, exactly. Special effects contacts. And you exactly. just like, talk in formal British accents. Yes. Oh my God. No, Nancy, leave them alone. That would be so fun. We go into a store and they're like, oh, what, like, what can I get you? And we're like, 
oh, you're uncomfortable with us. We make you like, uncomfortable. <laughs> we'll send someone else to do the shopping next week. And they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, okay, now I am uncomfortable. Time for our studies, mother. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We're going to live together at the school now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm skipping plot points. Um, but basically, after we get this little hyper polite child shopping moment um gordon is uh oh fuck sorry i just have gordon's gonna go to a conference to talk about what's going on with these kids or maybe alan is going they both i think they're both going yeah they're both going um but i just have conference and then i wrote kanye tweet do you know the one i'm talking about where he's like (laughs) does anyone know it's there's this video of josh groban singing kanye tweets on like fucking jimmy kimmel or something Mm. and it's really funny and it's like does anyone know where i can get a marble conference table i'm looking to have a conference not until I get the table, though. Uh, anyway, they're having a conference without a marble table to talk about these fucking freaky kids. Yeah, and while they're prepping for this meeting of the minds, Gordon and Alan are talking, and Alan says something where he's like, what matters is if they're good or bad, and they're bad to everyone but you. But from my position, like, we haven't yes. seen them be bad yet. They've, in fact, stopped each other from being bad to anyone. This is the, inf- like, I realize, hypothetically, they may have realized that the reason Anthea burned herself was because she was, like, compelled right. to do so. But, like, whoa, but there is an implication that kids have been disappearing. Right, which I think I think is really interesting. I think we're seeing everything from Gordon's point of view. Yes. Gordon is still very much like, like, this is my son. Like, even if he's not like my blood son, like, this is my son. And like, yeah. I think he's a genius and incredible. And yes. like, he hasn't seen them be bad. We haven't seen them be bad. Right. So like, oh and my we're God, sitting here so talking smart. right now. Like, they're just, they're just fucking kids. They're just weird. They're not bad. Um, But they're going to be bad. Don't worry. Yeah. They're going to be so bad. It's interesting. He's like, the IQ, like, doesn't matter. Um, yes. Because Gordon thinks his son's going to be the next Einstein or something. Yes. And Gordon says this really interesting thing where he's like, kids aren't born with morals. You have to teach them. This movie is so juicy. I was scribbling it's notes so, so fast. I couldn't keep up. And I also, for a minute, thought he was implying the children are amoral because that's so much scarier. And they kind of are, really. Mm-hmm. Well, they actually are. We'll get there. I think they kind of are. Like, logically, they understand right and wrong. Anyway, but that's also like truly kids can be really mean because they don't understand that you like can't do that. They have no filter. They don't. Exactly. And so like we have mean thoughts. It's just a matter of like, do you say them or not? Right. Do you control yourself? Or do you lock them away in a tiny box deep in your heart? Exactly. And you bust it out for really big fights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or when you're drunk with the gals. <laughs> to say, don't think I'm terrible if I say this, but. <laughs> Literally. Oh, my God so funny when you say you guys want to hear something fucked up that's what you save those for <laughs> yes that's when you open pandora's box mm-hmm. um and that's the other thing too gordon is kind of blinded by the light of like having this hyper intelligent child because right. he's so smart and he's kind of almost i think excited to have like almost like a sparring mate kind of yeah um and alan is worried that they can't be taught morals he's like i think they're too like i don't think they can learn this yeah. um and then a minute i was like david's so cute though <laughs> I- it's tough (laughs) um oh and so while this conference situation is going on david is getting ready for school and he's like his he's like getting ready and and anthea's like don't you want some help and he's like no i can do it myself i'm a big boy or like whatever they belt all their school books together to carry them around and david like puts his like he like accidentally puts like the the belt like pin through his thumb i think or like one of his fingers like he hurts himself basically 
and has just no reaction at all. Um, And he's sort of like, oh, like, why are you upset? It's fine. Like, it doesn't hurt. And his mom's like, well, it might get septic and like wraps it up in a little piece of paper and and he's kind of fine. But uh uh-oh, David doesn't feel pain. Uh Oh, bestie. So at this meeting that they're having with British intelligence, I believe is what they're called. And the home secretary, I was like, bodyguard. (laughs) It's a lot. And it's revealed that this is not the only colony with such children. No, there's lots of them. There's lots of them. But in every other case, all those kids are either dead or they're getting like top of the line education somewhere. Right. It's like Australia. um, They all died right after being born. Um, There's this annoying moment where it's like, uh, here's the it's racism time. Um. And he's like, an S- I don't want to say it. <laughs> you don't he basically to. is like a bunch of Inuit people like killed all these kids for being blonde. Yeah. Which like, fuck you guys. I, and it doesn't like come up again or anything, but it's just frustrating. And then he's like in the communist world. <laughs> yeah. And then he's describing these like oh, what I thought was the whole village dying as timeouts. Yeah. Or timeouts. I said it like a timeout, like you put a child in a timeout. The naughty stuff. In the communist world, they put the town in a timeout. That's like in in the Russian city, the men killed all the all the babies and the mothers, which I thought yeah. was interesting. But again, it's like bad communists. And I was right. like, shut up. But basically, it's this whole table of important men just like, what the fuck is going on in here on this day? Like they have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. But they're throwing around a lot of ideas. Yes, and they're like, this is... Oh, and then there's one um, area where they, like, just bombed the town. Because mm-hmm. the kids were growing even faster than they grew in uh, Midwich. And Gordon's like, well, let me offer my unbiased opinion. And they're yes. like, uh... <laughs> He's like, what are you saying? I'm biased because my son is one of them? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> well, so they're talking about... They start talking about, like, impulses and energy and like alien mutants from somewhere in the universe. That's right. They're like, they're like, oh, it could, well, and because one guy's like, I think it could be mutation. And I was like, Professor X. Because um, fun fact about me is I used to, I'm still a big fan of the, the movie X-Men First Class, which is now 10 years old. Holy shit. But um, one guy's like, oh, it's mutation. And the other guy is like, it's this, it's a transmission of energy. It's like electrical impulses. So the idea that like we can send electrical impulses into outer space, he's like, who's to say there aren't aliens on another planet doing that shit right back to us? Yeah. So talking about like all this extraordinary power with sinister uses. um, And so they decide they need to shut the kids away. And so Gordon is like, I want to study them. I want to guide their hive mind. (laughs) Yeah, because they're like, put the kids in jail. And it's like, listen, I understand they're not normal kids. I understand they've been disappearing children. But you can't just be like, put the children in jail. It's really, it's Um, just like, it's the age old fear of the unknown. Exactly. And someone says that too, I think, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um. Oh, and then Gordon's like, if you put them in prison, you're depriving the world of scientific discovery. So he's like, let me put them in prison, but it'll be school and I'm the boss. (laughs) Okay, so I have an incoming tangent alert. So I hope everybody's comfortable. (laughs) So talking about how like they can't let these kids take over or something like that. Like we need to get control or whatever. Um, And someone, I believe Gordon says, take a look at our world. Have we made a good job of it? As if, like, sh- should we be in charge of the world right now? And, okay, so this right here 
oh baby, is this what I love so much about horror? Because fears are such a universal thing and fears are a very cyclical thing. And horror more often than not represents like the predominant fears of the time that they're created in. Yes. And those fears change over time, but they always come back around. Like the fear of the unknown is just a constant. And this is somewhat of a hot button issue on the interwebs right now. But this is like horror has always been political because it always has something to say about society. Like, sorry, babes, but that's just how all of art works. That's just fucking lootly. That's just what it is. And like, fear is like so much of politics is fear and so much of like what is political is like what are you afraid of and how do you handle that fear and controlling the fear of like the population right and like does that fear turn you to hate or does that fear turn you to change and like that's what all of horror is babes yeah holy shit so that was my tangent that i had to go on because this fucking movie (laughs) no that's so true that's i'm not to talk about it right now but the idea that like and, like, Stephen King goes out of his way. I mean, and that's the thing that, like, I really do love about this man is that, like, a lot of stuff inspired it, whatever. But, like, Don, it's not Don that dies. Adrian Mellon. I'm thinking of Don, his boyfriend. Yeah. Adrian Mellon's death is inspired by, like, a real hate crime. Right. Like, that's the scariest thing, like, like is the hate that people can be capable of. And the idea that, like, this is, that is, like, a primordial evil. Right. You know? Because, like, people, like, after Candyman, they're like, keep politics out of horror. And it's like, oh, shut it's the always fuck been up. there. It's always been there. Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre, that's political. Yeah. Halloween, that's political. Like, it's it's always been that way. Village of the Damned, it's political. You're trying to tell me Candyman 1 isn't political? Are you I joking? Know. I know. <laughs> <sighs> Don't Christ. even get me started. That's exhausting. That's the stupidest fucking take. This is like, okay. I used to write for a website called Screen Rant, not sponsored. Um, (laughs) I did used to work there though. And I wrote an article recasting Scream because we were doing that in like the horror section. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought it'd be fun. And so I was like, I don't know. I like, who's cool right now? And I was just like casting people. And I made an effort to not make the entire fucking cast white. Because first of all, if you're going to remake a popular, not like I'm actually making this fucking movie, right? But like, if you're going to remake a popular movie, why make it a fucking carbon copy of the thing that already came out? Right. But people were commenting, not like directly on the article, but like on Facebook or fucking wherever, like, Oh, woke scream screams woke now guys. And I was like, I'm sorry. You're mad because I put black people in scream. Shut the fuck up. I think I see it most often in like remakes, like with the slumber party massacre remake or with like the newer Halloween movies or like even the new wrong turn movies. Cause there's a gay couple in the new wrong turn movie. People are like, Oh, it's political now. Oh, you're trying to make this franchise so PC and woke. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Just like sit down, relax or go cry about it. I literally don't care. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's like, and like that you're really showing your fucking feathers, man. Feathers. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, oh, watching the wrong turn movies, the thing that gets me the most riled up is there being a gay couple in it. Like, really? Like, really? Like, you're really about to not watch, I mean, again, this is not a real Scream movie, but you're really about to, like, not, like, you're about to, like, go out of your way to shit on a small, like, a small website, like, one random, it just pissed me off so much. I was like, damn, like, oh, you can't handle Zendaya and John Boyega, like two incredibly popular black actors being conceptually in a movie that's not going to get made? Shut up. But it's just like watching this movie and like this scene in particular. I'm like, see, see, it's always been like this. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's fucking infuriating. Anyway. 
Right, this idea he's gonna guide the hide guide guide the hide mind. Guide the hide. Um that's the thing that's frustrating too though. It's like and it's this whole thing about like and like this is a political thing, him being like, look at the state of the world, like are we even like fit to run it? But then also he's like, You're afraid of the unknown, but then the unknown ends up being bad. And that's yeah. what's so frustrating about movies. No, I don't mean to discredit what you're saying because this happens so much. Movies are so subversive until the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, um, shit. The movie has to be over. Fuck. <laughs> right. And it's like, obviously, like, I, I don't mean to eliminate, like, room for nuance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But I was, I think about that fucking baby face, that Barbara Stanwyck movie where, like, she fucks her way to the top and it's awesome and she has yes. no feelings and she doesn't care. But then she, like, has to break down crying and realize the error of her ways or the Hayes Code wouldn't let the movie get made, you know? Right. So they decide the kids are all going to live at the school under the care of Mr. Zellaby. Am I right about that? Zellaby. Yeah, Gordon. Whatever. Um, and he's he's giving them all these advanced lessons because they're really smart and all that shit. And he's like a professor. Um, is he a botanist? What does he do? We don't know. He's just very smart. <laughs> um, and he's like, okay, kids, tomorrow we learn about structure. Also, remember, you live inside the fucking school now. Like, yeah. It's so funny. And they were like, bet. <laughs> they, they were like, totally fine. Yeah, they don't care. Probably because they're reading his mind. Yeah, there's something about how they can't see all the way into his mind yet. I think because like, they just need to get older and then they'll be able to. Like, I don't think it's something special about Gordon. It's just, like, they haven't developed their skills all the way yet. They're like, oh, we can only read what's, like, right at the front of your mind. They go, but we'll master it in time. It will come. So Um, then he gets, like, really upfront with them. And he's like, is there life on other planets? And they all just, like, put their heads down in shame and can't look at him. They're all like, oh, no, nothing about that. It's It's really so fucking funny. It's like, because it's so childlike. (laughs) They're like, and they're like mm, aliens so we can't like alien mom so we can't talk about that much like when isaac mizrahi insisted that the moon was a planet because things live there <laughs> fuck okay also this is when i have to ask is this voice coming out of this little boy do you no, know what i I'm mean like, no all the time i'm like is this an adult woman dubbing like, this over? i cannot tell Oh, yeah. Sorry. I have so many more alien jokes to make. I'm, I'm so sorry. But Gordon asks about life on other planets. Um, and alien mom said, stop snitching. They said, dad, don't ask about our business, please. They're all in <laughs> alien timeout. Oh, well, that's true also. Because David literally is like, dad, please don't ask about our business. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Father. Anyway, the kids want to absorb information from dad and he's not concerned about this because he's stupid basically um but they bring they they all kind of go home to get their shit i guess to move into school and also i have to ask as well where did they all get their matching outfits yeah why did their parents buy them all the same outfits it's so funny because they're like they all want to dress the same and it's like all right you buy their clothes surely yeah they don't have money right so they go home um gordon brings david home (laughs) And he's like, David, are you sure you want to move into the school? You don't want to stay here with us. And he's like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Yeah, pretty much. Which like also, though, that's actually kind of normal. Like if if you found out all the kids were moving to school, you don't want to be the one freak that doesn't move to school. Yeah, that stays at home with mom and dad. Yeah, but also. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, um, I, you know, I mean, it makes sense that they're like, that's bad because they don't have feelings. But. I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, this is the one moment where it would kind of be okay for them to be acting like that. So now all the kids are walking around in their matching outfits. And one of the girls gets hit with a car. 
like not badly like she stays on her feet like she doesn't even fall to the ground but like she gets hit by a car and so all the other kids like square up and they give this driver the glowy eyes and he like looks at them and then immediately drives into a brick wall and his car explodes yeah baby which is when i was like okay maybe they are me and i get it now yeah well that's the thing too because um anthea is walking with david and a couple of the kids to school i think yeah and david looks at her and he just fucking smiles because then the thing is i'm not sure if david like wiped his mother's memory yes i was just gonna say that she's like really trying to protect him because then she has to testify because she was standing right there and Mm -hmm. she like can't say what she saw happen like she just dances around the kid's involvement entirely yeah and i think i'm assuming we're supposed to believe that he wiped her memory that's what i think happened but I also but kind also, like, of love the idea. She wants to be a mother to him. So like maybe. Yeah, no, like the she loves her kid. It, right. That doesn't appear to be true for all the moms. Some of the moms seem like they're a little bit scared of their kids. But yeah. Anthea loves David. Right. Which makes sense because like she seemed to really want this child. Yeah. It was like also she was kind of unexpected and yeah. kind of unlikely. and. Ah. But who's also at this court appearance is the brother of the man who yes. just died. And he has this big outburst and then starts stomping around town with a gun, like hunting children, basically. Yeah. He also does something really funny at the trial where he's like, they killed my brother. Ask them. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, here's the thing. They are kids. They're smart enough not to cop to a murder. Like, oh, yeah, we totally did that. Yeah. Like, oh, you're right. But he does just march around town with his fucking rifle. Um, and Gordon sees him and he says to him, you can't destroy them with that. Believe me. And I'm like, yeah. have you tried shooting the kids? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. What are you talking about? The kids catch this guy with the gun oh, and they swear fuck. up once again, hit him with the glowy eyes and he shoots himself. And it's so good. Like, it's I'm so sorry. Good. Well, cause the because... score is like, and like all hypnotic, like, mm-hmm. And like he's sweating, yes. and like this actor just did an excellent job a lot of, of sweat like in this movie too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like his hand is like resisting, mm-hmm. and like he like points and like his thumbs on the trigger, and like it doesn't want to move. Like I remember, sorry, this is such a silly thing, but I remember the first time I ever watched someone like act that they were doing something without control of their body, mm-hmm. and it was an iCarly. <laughs> Do you remember the uh, the I Dream of Dance? It was called. No. There's this episode where they all start having dreams that they're dancing because they're watching all these Wait, dance yes, videos for iCarly. Yeah, yes. But Sam has a dream that she's dancing because Miss Briggs, their teachers, plays she plays the bagpipes or some shit. Yeah. And so they do this crazy bagpipe dance. Yeah. And the whole thing in the sequence is Sam is like, I don't want to be doing this. Mm-hmm. She's like, why am I pointing? Why is this happening? And I was just, and she's also like, Jeanette McCurdy is an excellent dancer. It's very like Idle Hands. Do you know that movie? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, it's a 90s, like, stoner Halloween movie um, starring Devin That's Sawa everything. and <gasps> Seth Green. Devin Sawa. Oh, and my God. Like Devin Sawa's hand gets possessed and his hand is evil. And it's like the whole movie is like him doing that. And it's great. Oh, that's fucking amazing. Devin Sawa. Sorry. Devin Sawa. I fucking love Devin Sawa. Okay, anyway. so at this point, Gordon is like very desperate to be able to get into these oh, kids' minds. Because the kids stop the adults from intervening also. They right. one of the kids is like, "Hey, fuck you! Don't do anything." Because they're um, like, "Oh, we're gonna stop this guy from shooting himself in the face," but then they're yeah. frozen to the spot. It's so good, uh, but he cannot get into their minds because it's like a brick wall, which we should oh. remember for later. We sure should. And this is the point where Terry, you mentioned this earlier, but he learns 
that the Soviet government blew up a whole village to kill oh. the children, like everyone in the village. Because basically yeah, they had yeah. to do it without warning anyone so that the kids couldn't read their minds. So they blew up the whole fucking village. It's just also interesting, too, because they're getting to the point where they're, like, they're dehumanizing the kids a lot, which, like, yeah, they're not really human. Um, right. But he's like, you're assuming that they have thoughts and minds. I think this is Alan at this point because he's a pretty big anti-children. <laughs> anti <-children. laughs> anti-children in general. Um, and it's just interesting because Gordon is like, hey, what beats me is I failed to reach the children. And they're like, dude, those, like, those aren't kids. Yeah. Um, it's just it's fascinating to see this like Gordon is still like really invested in them being like teachable and good and they just kind of aren't um oh and then we have another um right because the Soviet kids develop faster than the midwitch kids <laughs> we have another drunk dads of midwitch group meeting it's literally this got <laughs> such a big laugh out of me it's... because the way it's shot it looks like the man who was angry in the bar earlier has not left the bar in yeah, like he's just three right years. in the same spot and also it's like a direct address to the camera and he's like in the same outfit i feel like <laughs> Um, but he starts an angry mob, a torch-wielding mob. Yeah. Evil dies tonight mob. They're taking matters into their own. He goes, it's got to stop. It's time to cut out the cancer. He doesn't say that <laughs> last part. Um, so they go all disco inferno. <laughs> yes. They go to set the school on fire. Yep. And the kids are, I mean, they are mind readers, but also they see a torch-wielding mob approaching yeah. the school. So they're like, oh so absolutely not <laughs> so they do the glowy eyes and they flip the script and then this guy sets himself on fire yeah he does david said i know you are but what am i <laughs> i'm rubber um, you're glue <laughs> <laughs> this man is on fire sorry. i'm sorry i sang that so high-pitched right into no, the mic it sounded good hey thanks <laughs> Alan shows up and he's like, now kids, stop committing murder. And like, not to be on the side of evil kids, but like, they were going to set them on fire. No, exactly. And they're getting scolded. Fucking exactly. And they go, you have to be taught to leave us alone. And then they all swarm Alan. And they're like, then... him so tightly. <laughs> they're like right up on his body. It's so funny. And they put him in the deadlights, bitch. They fucking do he's all Look audra denborough deadlights he is full catatonic his eyes are white oh. it's the whole yes. it's the whole nine yards ten yards. yes whole nine how yards. many You're yards absolutely right <laughs> it's the whole bunch of yards sports go sports <laughs> i'm sorry oh and then this was very funny to me because we're back at gordon's house and everyone is dressed up all fancy oh like, yeah where are they going they're going to Alan's funeral. No, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's like up in bed or something. Yeah, he's like, he's kind of, he's kind of catatonic, but like his eyes are getting less white. And it's almost like you can see like it fading out, which is interesting. I'm like, what did he do with this actor's eyes? Yeah. Um, but he's starting to come back to normal. Because of course, Anthea has been like nursing him back to health. I guess that is her brother. So. Yeah, that is. Um, I, I take back what I was, I was going to be like misogyny at his finest. But like, I you, you'd nurse your brother back to health. That's what you do. So, okay. Because... They keep harping on how these kids have no emotions or no feelings, like we've talked about. 
but mm. like they intentionally didn't kill alan or like really hurt him they just yeah. wanted to teach them a lesson which like yeah they wanted killing to him, him would have also taught them a lesson and That's like they true. made the choice to not kill him yeah i don't know why i'm so pro evil kids but no it's you kind of can't help it. Come on. They must have some kind of emotion. Because, like, this kid's like, oh, that's my uncle. I don't want to kill him. Yeah. And, like, they, like, and, like no, Nancy, don't hurt him. Like, don't hurt the other kids. Right. Like, but they but they kill other kids. So, like. Yeah, I don't know. It's a like, gray is area. It, is it inconsistent writing? Maybe. Is it made, is it meant to make us like the kids? Also, maybe. Right. Who knows? That's just, like, how kids are. Kids are inconsistent. Yeah, that's so true. I don't know. They're all, like, dressed up fancy talking about the kids again. <laughs> right. Because these kids are planning on dispersing and starting new colonies yeah. of evil kids basically yeah. and they're like is there no end to their power so but basically they turn to gordon they're like what what do we do what are we gonna do about these fucking kids and he's like um hold that thought <laughs> he's sitting in his room next to his brick wall going a brick wall <laughs> um right. oh also sorry I, I keep doing this where I keep like not looking at my notes and then I look, but also the kids basically uh, David comes in and is like, Oh, major burner. It will be okay. So this is Alan. He's like, he'll be fine. We're just issuing a warning. And he's like, emotions make us weak. Like you'll yeah. do well to realize that or something. I was like, this is like the bad side of Vulcans. <laughs> right. This is like Vulcans. If they weren't low key, kind of also emotional. <laughs> so the day has come where Gordon is supposed to have the children's transport arranged. It's his deadline day. And, um, Anthea and Alan are both going to London, which would be a perfect time to blow up a village, would it not? (laughs) When your wife and brother are out of town. (laughs) Um, So he's saying goodbye to them, which is actually very sad because he's like, look after her. And I was like, I could never be a man in the late 50s because I would be on the floor sobbing if this was me. I could not put up a front. But also, I would never probably do this because I'm a coward. Yeah, no, it, that's true. And also, like, I think they're having another conference about what to do about the kids. I think I is what's so. happening in London, which is, like, why they're all fancy and getting ready to go and God knows what. I guess they're also all fancy because it's, like, 1960. But Yeah, they're just kind of fancy all the time, I guess. They are. But I was like, we got a party going on here. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really, it's, they all are, like, immaculately dressed all the time. It's so funny. But he does, in fact, have a bomb. And at this point, my notes just say, fuck, there's only five minutes left to the movie. Like, I was freaking out. I was like, what the fuck are we going to do here? Yeah, he has this, like, alarm clock bomb. It's crazy. At which point, okay, like, he's he's not blowing up the entire town, which is what I thought initially. He's just blowing up the schoolhouse. Like, (laughs) I don't know why I thought he had access to weapons of mass destruction like the Soviet government. No, but it's interesting because he like somehow just builds this excellent, but but it's just so funny because it is rigged up to a fucking alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and he's sitting there and he's he's like looking at his brick wall and I said he's going to imagine a brick wall, isn't he, Bella Swan motherfucker? Um, not that she does that, but like he is a Bella Swan motherfucker. <laughs> he is. Um, so he's getting his bomb together and Anthea and Alan are driving off to the airport or the bus or the boat or I don't know whatever something something some mode of transport and anthea is so smart she's like hey why did he ask you to take care of me like that was pretty weird to alan and alan's like oh i don't know that's just something you say and she's like "Uh uh-huh yeah sure uh uh-huh yep i'm going back right now yeah she's (laughs) She's driving the car too she's like i'm turning this car the fuck around gordon's acting so and he is he's the imposter gordon Gordon walks into the schoolhouse like hello children ready to die (laughs) And so it's like, Gordon, hello, children. Gordon inside, brick wall, brick wall, brick wall, brick wall, brick wall. 
wall in the middle of the brick wall time to die kids <laughs> and he's like sweating and they're like um he's immediately so sweaty like dripping sweat well that's he's like he's in fact in this scene he's acting so he's acting like because the thing is he gave himself way too much time like the timer yeah. he set the bomb for he set it for way too long it's like eight twenty-seven at night or something and they're having like night class now or something yeah. or it's the morning i don't fucking know because now he has to like do his lesson plan like he's trying to teach yes! them while he's just thinking like brick wall brick wall brick wall as someone who can't deliver a lesson plan on the best of days like, um, I don't know what he was thinking, but the kids are getting spooked because they're like, we can't see into his thoughts. All yeah, we see is yeah. a brick wall because his yeah. brain is working. Right. Because they and, can't see deep enough. Like, slay besties. I'm absolutely losing yes! it at this point. It's so tense. Like, I was like, he really should have waited longer to come into the room or yeah. have set the timer for less time because I'm like, bestie, you did not set yourself up for success. No. Or invest in a grenade. <laughs> honestly something and that can't take a whole schoolhouse down can it i don't know um i'm not well versed in grenades but so the kids are all staring at gordon going we don't need no education oh no you're just another brick in the wall okay i started that too early <laughs> just like gordon exactly but it's so fucking cool because they're staring at him they're like fuck this we're gonna find out what's wrong and the brick wall starts to crumble i am pissing shaking crying throwing up i like their the eyes are glowing the wall is crumbling it's so good it's so good and may i take this moment just to say she's a brick house, house. <laughs> <laughs> um sorry anyway so, but like they do, they break down the wall. Yes! Like they see into it and they see the bomb. And they're like, oh, he's going to blow us up. But it's the second before the yes! bomb goes off. They all look right to the suitcase and then boom, there goes the fucking they schoolhouse, explode. baby. load And like, I was so hyped up. Remind, like, let me remind you. I was watching this movie. I started this movie at six in the morning. So it was like oh, 7 a.m. at this point. But I was like cheering. I was freaking out. I was so hyped up about the plan working that it took yeah. me a second to be like, yeah, oh, wait. wait, he died. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. No, I was so excited about like how cool the whole sequence was. And like just the immediate of like brick wall, brick wall, like crumbling. And then they like yeah. you see the bomb. They look and boom. Like, oh, my God. It's just so like boom, boom, boom. It, I was just like amazing. Cheer. It was like I, it went from like cheering to immediately like oh like so <laughs> yeah <fast>. yeah <laughs> because i think we um i think we see anthea and alan like see the explosion yeah they see it from afar and i'm like oh so fuck sad. that's really sad it is really sad but then we also see glowing eyes flying out of the fire and i'm like does that mean something like are they not dead or was just right or was that just like a cool way to end the movie I, well, the thing is, I was just looking at the IMDb page, and there is a Children of the Damned. <gasps> we have to watch it. Right? I'm obsessed. I don't... I think it's, like, a different... It's not It's not our bestie, Wolfrilla, but... <laughs> I know. Um, but, oh, man, and the end credits music was so good. So fucking good. The end. Oh, it's a fucking great movie, man. <laughs> Tara, final thoughts on Village of the Damned. I loved this movie so much. Um oh my god yeah which like it's just I, so I good know, i just i hadn't really like thought about it much before like i didn't no, think any either. of it until i was watching it and i was like wait this right? serves this yeah so no good. exactly exactly it's crazy 
it's just well done. Like, yeah. It's not like it's not like a <laughs> it's a grower, not a shower. Yeah. Um I you know, it, it kinda it doesn't it takes you a little by surprise. You're kinda like, oh, this is like black and white nineteen sixty movie. Which is a stupid attitude. I was but, like I was like, Ooh, we're gonna watch a John Carpenter movie and I was so excited that, Right. like, like I was like this like feels embarrassing and stupid, no. but I was like a little let down when I was like, "Oh, we gotta watch the '60s black and white one." I want to watch the no. John Carpenter one because sometimes sometimes old movies suck. This is the thing. Like I feel like there's such this thing of like, "Oh, old movies." That's how you know you're a real film buff. Sometimes they're right. not fucking good. Yeah, Citizen like, Kane is not that are, fucking good. We are former students of film. Yeah, like we have an appreciation for film. We've watched a lot of bad old black and white movies. Yeah simply it's true right like sometimes they just suck to watch sometimes so like, like oh god i gotta do this but then jokes on me jokes on me stupid girl it no. was great um yeah no it's it's just great it's just a good movie like it's simple but it's scary and it's entertaining which sometimes movies forget to do man <laughs> yeah there's another black and white 1960 movie um I don't know how soon it is. Peeping Tom. It was really funny. My uncle was like, oh my God, Peeping Tom. It's that's a great. List. Yeah. He was like, oh, that's a really interesting one. I was like, I love Peeping Tom. It's the first film class movie I ever saw. Aww. It's very good. And it's very fucked up. We'll get there. We'll get there. Stay tuned. So Tara, what do you think the Bravo TV network thought was the 92nd scariest movie moment of all time? I'm feeling conflicted about this because I was really sure of my answer um, because I'm feeling like part of it has to be like the crumbling brick wall and the like oh fuck oh fuck but also the moment i wrote down was um was the suicide mm. i think and it's i i always end up guessing my own when i'm not really sure just because there was something so horrifying to me about watching this man like really actually not want to kill himself no that's really because i didn't even think about that and it's really interesting that you say that um i'll say what Bravo chose was the kids discovering the suicide bomb plan. Like that whole oh, end sequence yeah. was the scariest moment according sense. to them, which makes sense. But like the only other thought that I had for scariest moment, I didn't even consider the suicide scene that you're talking about. The only other thing I thought of was like seeing the plane at the very beginning. Yeah. Because that just like filled me with such fear of like, yeah. Oh, it's similar to like child's play. Like, when there's no batteries in the doll and you're like, oh, yeah. fuck, there's no batteries in the doll. It was the same feeling of like, oh, fuck, that plane's going to crash. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It yeah. stirred up the same kind of emotion in me. Yeah, that um, dread. That like, Yeah. Oh. But like the kids yeah. discovering the suicide bomb plan is pretty scary. I was like profusely sweating. It was yeah, very tense. It is very tense. I think just for me, yeah, there was something so awful. Um, just, oh, just watching him sweat it out. Yeah. Oh. And like I don't know so if I'm good. getting too technical with this, but like oh. that the the kids discovering the plan, the brick wall crumbling, it just feels slightly different from fear to me. Yeah, like it's not fear like, doesn't seem like the right like it's very tense. Yes, no, it's not. It doesn't feel scary. It feels ex- it's like I think it's the best moment of the movie, but yeah, I don't know if it like feels it's the scariest. Fantastic. I yeah, love it. I'm obsessed with that moment. I feel like they were probably like throwing movies around in the Bravo studio and they're like village of the damned when the brick wall crumbles people were like oh yeah fuck yeah 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 because like it's so exciting and so good yeah it's it's such a great moment scary yeah I don't I don't feel like it's like yeah it's alarming maybe yeah I don't know I'm just like being annoying now no 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 you're right I'm also so disappointed because I had a note but I wrote it in the margin so I didn't see it but when they're talking about putting all the kids in jail I wrote get the paddy wagon fuck (laughs) This was 
actually kind of like an uneventful section of the special, which is kind of a bummer. Um, mm. But it was cool because we started with John Carpenter, who's oh. the director of the remake. So that That's was so nice. Cool. But what I thought was really interesting about what he had to say was he talks about how there's, quote, hysterically funny things about it, which I think was a really <laughs> interesting thing that he wanted to touch on. I and he that. was talking about how bad of a father Gordon is, which was something I hadn't thought about. That's a good point. But so I would now be really interested to watch the remake because I'm sure in the oh, remake, Gordon yeah. is just like a shit dad because that's how John Carpenter yeah. thinks of it. That's interesting. I guess he's kind of like, he is sort of like negligent in so far right. as he's not admitting the problem. Yeah, which is like a totally fair perspective. It's just not how I watched the movie. No, it's not. It didn't hit me that way either. And he also That's really highlights, which is something I noticed, how like the mother has nothing to do with the children and like is hardly in the movie, which yeah. is interesting. So I wonder if she's a bigger part in the remake, which I would yeah. like to see. Did he... Okay, I thought he shot this in black and white and I got excited, but he did not. And that's valid. And that's fine. But the gist of what people say in this segment of the special is they're just like, scary kids. Ah! Yeah! And that's pretty much it. No, it's true. And also, like, creepy kids is, is it's it's scary. It's such, and because I feel like this was perhaps, like, not, maybe not the first, but one of the first, like, no, scary absolutely. kids. Absolutely. So that's um, cool. Yeah. I also, it's so fun. I just think about how, like, I was talking about this with Chris, my roommate. <laughs> who I'm going to name drop as Chris, my roommate, every fucking episode, apparently. Um, but we were talking about how, like, we think Chucky is, like, cute, but not, yeah. like, Chucky as a good guy doll. Like, Chucky as a good guy doll is actually a little creepy. Like, Chucky when he's all fucked up and scarred in the face and, rah, like, that's when we think he's cute. Like, so it's aw, like baby. Yes, yeah, so I'm like, oh, my God, evil kids. They're so cute. They have matching outfits. Yeah, right. So it's like, probably I'm not taking it the right way, you know, but still. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, Riley. Hi, Tara. What movie are we watching next week? Next week, we're watching a movie called Shallow Grave from the <gasps> year 1994, directed oh by, in his second appearance on the pod, Danny Boyle. Hey, oh, oh my God. That's exciting. Su- I've never seen this movie, but Me I neither. have heard about it, and yeah. I'm pretty excited. Yay. Oh my God. This is exciting. This movie is starring Carrie Fox. Christopher Eccleston and Ewan <gasps> McGregor. Oh my god! Oh my god, and X, he's back. I love that he's bitch. He's back. And I love they him. play three friends who take in a fourth roommate only to find him dead next to a large amount of cash. And basically they decide to take the money and dispose of the body. And I am sure chaos ensues. Oh my god. I hope Chris Eccleston gets to be a good guy. I don't want to talk I about know. how I want him to die in this movie. Like I love kind him. Of bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and I've seen pictures from it and I know it's about to be like the horniest episode of the podcast ever because <laughs> Ewan go. McGregor looks so good. Oh, I'm living. <laughs> the thing is I'm gonna flowy hair. Oh god, it's gonna be classic, obscene. Uh, classic 90s to 2000s Ewan McGregor. I am also gonna thirst over Christopher Eccleston. Good. Sorry, Good Carrie. Morning. I'm sure we'll think you're hot, too. Yeah, no, I probably... Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> of course. It's just a given. It's true. I just have a, an attachment to Christopher Eccleston. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about right now. <laughs> so look forward to that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, be sure to check out Shallow Grave if you would like to watch along with us. Um... Also, be sure to follow us on social media at Fright Your Life on Twitter and on Instagram. Keep up with our fun tweets and our Monday horror recommendations and all that good, good stuff. And join us next week for The Fright. <laughs> <laughs>
of your life. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah, baby. Yippee, yeah, yeah, it's a good one. <laughs>